Voice of the Mac World podcast, episode 526 for September 21st, 2016. Good morning or afternoon or whatever time it is. Dear listeners, I'm Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor at Macworld, and this is the Macworld podcast, the place where sometimes, occasionally, we talk about things that are Mac, not just iOS. It's true, right, Susie Oaks, executive director of Macworld? Yes, it is. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> we put the Mac in Macworld. Also, we put the iOS in Macworld. We've got to stick an S in there and an I somewhere, but I don't know where it goes. We fit it in there. It's yes, silent. It's silent. It, yeah. There's a silent is, is Macworld. It all works out. Uh, so this week, yesterday, the day we're recording this, yesterday by chronological measures, but today when we're recording it, uh, Mac OS. Back to the future. Exactly. Mac OS Sierra. The new spelling. Okay, folks. Lowercase m. Let, let's get this right. Little I saw, m, little a, little c, big <sighs> o, big s. Yeah. Susie, Woo. I have friends. I have friends. These are people I love and cherish. Your friends? Who? How wait. Do I get some friends. There's a comma after that. <laughs> who, comma, who spell Macworld. M-A-C, capital W. I've seen it done. All right, these are friends of mine. The other I've thing seen they it do done. is Good they spell- Good people can do that They wrong. spell OS 10, OS no space 10. Swift, our friend, Taylor Swift, on security, InfoSec Taylor Swift, she spells OS 10 without a space. It's appalling. I don't know what this is about. Listen, folks, Mac OS- you know I'm glad to get rid of the, of the X. I am too, but here's the story. Of Lowercase X. M- Low, you're going to cross out the X, lowercase m, lowercase a, lowercase c, no space, capital O, capital S, space, Sierra, spelled a, like Sierra Mist. It's not really camel case because it never goes back down. It's like a it's like a party in back. You got the, the business Mac in the front and then you got the big OS in the back. Oh, so you're um, saying but, this but is a- But it matches uh, the branding of iOS and tvOS and watchOS, so like OS- 10 with the X, uh, you know, denoting a 10 looked a little strange when you wrote them all next to each other. And, you know, normal people end up writing all four OSs a lot in their everyday casual correspondence. So Apple wanted it to look really nice. When Wait, they are you coining up. a term mullet case? Is that what you're calling this? Mullet case. Yes. This is, it's like camel case, mullet but case. it's mullet case. There's the episode title, Susie. So <laughs> Mac OS Sierra, lowercase m, lowercase a, lowercase c, capital O, capital S, Sierra. It just came out as we're recording this. Well, that's what I'm going to say it every time. Um, just came out. So Mac OS Sierra, we've that's been That's how hearing... you can remember. That's your mnemonic. You're welcome. Lowercase we M, should M, probably M, just shut down case. this episode right now. Mullet case. I think we've peaked. Uh, it's true. So, that's uh, it for me. <laughs> it's coming out. But first, wait, before we get to Mac OS Sierra, I wanted to address the troubling issue of a shortage of iPhones. Uh, Apple has been... Famously better about having supply when uh, a new phone ships in the last few years. They still completely stink at being able to run servers. It's really weird. I'm not sure why they would have this problem. We talked about this last week when people were placing pre-orders, including us, for iPhone. Well, you slept in, thankfully. Caitlin was up at 3 a.m. Eastern. I was up at midnight Pacific. And the system wasn't ready at midnight, and there were problems, and there was the iPhone upgrade plan. So iPhone upgrade plan, update on that. So this is the plan where Apple introduced it last year. It's a no-interest 24-month equal installment plan. After 12 payments, you can uh, get an f- upgrade without paying any additional fee. You turn in your old phone, you get a, the next model you want, and you pay, you know, then you're 24 months on that one, right? And you can pay out the plan at any time and own the phone and so forth, right? Right. Okay, so they didn't prepare for the fact that people – we talked about this last week that they didn't produce a uh, – have a separate queue for people who are in the plan who are ordering online. So those people couldn't get the phones they wanted, but – I don't know uh, why it was a separate – oh, you know why it was a separate thing? Because you could only pick them up in stores. Exactly. You had to bring the old phone in, which they didn't make clear last year. So they wanted year. to like match up people going to stores with phones uh-huh. that were they planning to be at that store and that wasn't really matching. But they didn't reserve inventory because they didn't know who was going to do it. They could have asked people with the plan if they wanted to upgrade ahead of time and given them, you know, there's all kinds of things you could do. Oh yeah, they should have just asked like a couple weeks ago. But because of carrier arrangements, I'm sure they don't aren't allowed to give preferential, it's all this channel stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing. So Get this, and I don't know if you if we talked about this last week. I can't remember. Some so some people weren't able to get the phone. They get uh, messages from Apple saying we're going to call you and make this work out. They like, said call us, 
or call. Tell, well, some people got emailed that said, "Tell us who you are and what what phone you want." Well, I didn't get. Some people got emailed that they were going to call email. you. I know okay. a couple people who are going to be called by Apple by somebody there, and then they didn't get the call. Uh. <laughs> so some people I know it was worked out right. A friend of mine, Brian, he got in the iPhone upgrade plan, signed up for it. He's not getting a phone until November. Ooh. And he's like, I don't know if they're charging me now or not. I'm like, well, they can't probably legally ethically charge you on the plan until you have the phone but even so here's the thing let's say you're on the upgrade plan you have to wait two months for a phone you're paying two more months of a phone you don't want and you're then you're still going to owe the 24 months on the new phone it doesn't apply to the new phone so apple is effectively getting more money from you for something you don't want even though you have the use of that phone it's not what you want and if you hadn't been on the plan you might have been able to get a phone immediately so i don't think this worked out exactly the way they uh, planned to that's a good point. Well, I liked um, on the episode that you and uh, Mr. Moltz recorded without me when he, you know, said it's kind of a magic thing. You can bring your phone in and like, ta-da, your success turns into a seven. I was like, gosh, I never thought of it that way because <laughs> I'm <laughs> on that upgrade plan. But I was so on the fence about the seven that I just went in and plunked down the money to see because I, I, you know, and I also wanted that like feeling of separating myself with that much money to kind of like. You know, mm-hmm. like give this purchase some gravity because this is the phone that I'm reviewing. We didn't get a review phone from Apple. They are loaning us a 7 Plus to try out the pictures because uh, no one on staff, at least here. Well, oh, yeah, some people on staff here are upgrading their personal phones to the 7 Plus. But those got caught up in this shortage thing and they were quoted to come in later. Um, Caitlin is actually getting hers early. So we've, we've started it. Mac Rumors did a story like they, they were getting reports from their um, boots on the ground. And uh, our, our own Caitlin McGarry is also in this group where people are getting their phones before the shipments um, estimation. So oh, Apple might good. be padding the estimates a little bit. Caitlin's getting hers five days early. Well, she doing a she bunch woke of up at 3 a.m. I mean, she should get it early because she woke up at 3 a.m. and ordered it right away. And they said it would come on like the 26th or the 25th. Yeah. And she's getting it on the 20th on today. So... That's good. I mean, they're they're hustling them out. And I think, you know, in, in a little while, it's it's always it seems like such a big story at the time. But I think that's it's only a big story in our little bubble. And I think I know, regular people would be like, wow, you can't get a phone for like two weeks. Here's the thing. I don't want the Macalope to get on my case about this, but right. Apple, Apple's doomed. No, no, I'm sorry. It's uh, Apple is uh, it's it's stunning to me how. They seem to not have this ordering and inventory management thing under control and to manage expectations. So there's um, there are a lot of ways you could signal to people the scarcity of something. They don't want to do that because they don't want to tamp down demands. They want to get all these people frothed up and ready. Yeah. I, I was So I had a, um, a 10 a.m. appointment at the Apple store near my house to pick up my iPhone 7 Plus, which I bought outright so I can write about the photography. I'm not replacing my 6S yet, which remains under the Apple iPhone upgrade plan, but I bought one and then we'll talk oh, later if we have time. Z's. We did yeah. the same. Okay. Well, yeah. And so I figure if I decide I really like it, I can keep it. I mean, I think I will keep it because of the photographic angle. It's going to be the most interesting. It's really at some level, one of the most interesting new cameras to ship in years. And I want to be on top of that story because I yeah. love it. Um, but I don't know if I want to use it as my day-to-day phone because it's too big for my pockets and purposes. But if I do, then it's I can huge. I can buy out the 6S and then I can sell it for about what I you know it's I think the buyout value is about 350 or so uh something like that 350 400 and I can probably sell it because it's, I have an impeccable 6S it basically looks new. Anyway, but here's the thing. So I'm in line at 10 a.m. go to the Apple store a few minutes after 10. There's a line. I you know they're so happy like people they've been pulling they got um oh. Uh, juice and water and whatever. There's a guy in a, a multicolored dress standing nearby with a goat on a patch of grass in the middle of this lifestyle mall, which I don't know what that's about. He wasn't connected with it, but hey, more power to you, brother. Fly your freak flag. And uh, <laughs> it's like a goat with horns. It was fascinating. Keep Seattle odd. Uh, and we're, this is not the, this is a very, this is a, this is the hipster lifestyle mall near my house that that's I don't why go I to didn't anymore. It's weird. It's just odd. It's not, yeah, it's like, uh, I'm, not, I'm surprised security hadn't got him out but i was actually kind of happy he was just a very pleasant weirdo with the goat with the goat looking a little like jesus in a multicolored dress so i'm in line 
not that many people online. We're all waiting for a 10 o'clock appointment. They're very orderly. They're coming talking to us. They're checking stuff in. Oh, I got people. to go to the front because I showed up like 10 minutes late Ooh. to my appointment and they were oh, just they like, you the front right like, this way, oh. ma'am. Yeah, because oh. like the other people were early for their appointments. I'm like, oh. big mistake, guys. Anyway. Well, I'm to do that next time. But yeah. so they were, they were Be late, you get treated through. like a VIP. It's pretty cool. And if you just want to go in and look at stuff, they'd send you in. Like they had, you know, they were, had the store was full of people looking at watches and whatever. So I wait like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. Some other places I heard they were running like an hour plus behind appointments. Oh, yeah. One of our, our news reporter, Blair, had to like ditch because he had to go like, you know, do some work and he, he was <laughs> there for he but was so there I, for like two hours and he was like, okay, I'm still oh in God. line. Yeah, it was at the wow. big Union Square store. And so I'm standing in line. This is one of the most uh, busiest malls in Seattle. So so I was actually surprised the lines weren't bigger, but they, you don't know the supply they had. So these are, and, you know, people kept coming up and asking. There was a very nice guy standing outside helping people who had, you know, earpiece and everything else is just trying to like make sure people are in the right place and like you know can I buy a phone they're like it's like no not really what are you looking for ah, we update our inventory at midnight like they were turning pretty much everyone away who wanted to do a, a walk-up sale so I'm standing there and there's a guy sitting at a little table outdoors nearby quietly livid like not angry Aww. he's on the phone talking to his carrier very calmly saying look I know you don't have any control of this but you understand like I came here with the existation. I called you all and I was told, and there's no phone here for us. So why am I on your plan? Why am I paying this money? I've got this many lines. I'm doing this. I'm paying you guys this much money. Why am I doing this? There's nothing you can do for me. Try to see if the customer service rep had any flexibility, which he didn't. So he wasn't berating this poor person either. And he actually, I thought, was trying to see what he might get if he pushed it, given that he was a customer spending That's, like I mean, several hundred dollars a month. That is how you get stuff done. You have to yeah, kind of you know, keep asking. Yeah. He wasn't being a jerk. He was just being firm and continuous. And finally, he's like, well, I just want you to cancel everything I have with you because I'm just I, this isn't worth it. I can just go and do this thing myself. So just cancel everything. And I was like, oh, I mean, so that wasn't even with Apple. Yeah, that was with the carrier. Yeah, so <laughs> that was a fascinating call. But he, like I said, I wasn't like, oh, my agitated standing there listening. I was like, this guy is doing it just right. He's not pissing people off. So if you haven't gotten a phone yet, like – there is always the cautionary thing of you could wait and get a, a phone upgrade and not just and get, order wait. online and yeah, like wait. wait. For it. That's what I yeah. I mean it's it's, true. I don't know. I'm glad that like you can at least pre-order them now. And I even if you don't want to wake up in the middle of the night, like it's just not that important to me to have no, it on day one. The, and I feel like a bad nerd admitting this to all of you, but this is a safe space. So, but I space. mean, people want it. But this one is like. It's sort of, it's not like the flashiest of upgrades. If you're getting the, you know, piano black, glossy Cadillac version, it's a little flashy. But other than that, I don't know. So it's, 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 it's worth waiting for because it's a really nice phone, but it's not like, wow, I'm going to be a big loser if I don't have this on day no, one. But here's the thing. I'm going to circle back to the upgrade thing because everyone now is That's on these. That's just annoying though. Well, yeah. Everybody, like all the carriers just about, I think they've, every, the carriers have tried to shift as many people as possible to these zero interest. I keep calling them, they're like 0% interest installment plans. You take the price of the phone and you divide it by X pieces and you don't pay any service costs. So it's, you're just paying the cost divided over a period of time, which and is technically great. it's a loan, but they want you to treat it like a lease. They would really like right. you to keep upgrading every year and just right. paying in perpetuity and never owning but anything. He, here's my problem. If you can't get a phone, like with the iPhone upgrade plan with all of these, if you want a phone right away and you can't get it, you're paying for something you don't want. That is the downside of the installment that, yeah. plan. And That's I hadn't why thought I'm about that before. I'm not doing installments out anymore. So you I'm pay for out. it and then you can just sell it just when you want to. just going to pay for it and sell it. Yeah. I mean, they retain value. And you know, if you you get, I get Apple Care Plus uh, on the phones. I mean, I've got the upgrade plan, so it's included. It I always do that. reminded me that the screen thing is cheaper now. It's only 29 oh, yeah. bucks to fix the screen, which is good because otherwise who would get Apple Care now that the phone is like more or less waterproof? Right. So I think it's a great I, – I think it's a really uh, – I hate it recommending warranty programs. I think it's great if you've ever broken a screen, this is basically – or I think in the replacement – price in there too and i think it's worthwhile given the fragility and uh, i mean the screen is better right everything is better on the newer phones and it's waterproof and whatever screen but is really nice did you see it? the display mate thing we should put that in show notes the display mate report oh, yeah. he's like the it's best. visually indistinguishable from perfect it's like Although, uh, charles arthur, than any other screen uh, charles arthur is the longtime uh, tech reporter at the guardian i think he's still at the guardian but he's a really smart guy he's like wait is he, did he say it's the best screen or the best LCD screen? I'm like, oh, he didn't say OLED. He said best LCD monitor on a display. And the DisplayMate folks don't put a comparison chart. So you can't look at the results side by side with like the Galaxy, you know, whatever. Um, 
So definitely, he said the best and tons of good data. Uh, but I'd love to see like just you know a chart that showed all the measures compared, so you could get a uh, better compared qualitative. Compared to like some value. OLED phones. Yeah, because yeah. I think OLED is better, is what I keep hearing. And I don't know if the implementations of OLED are better, but that's uh, you know clearly the seven S will probably be OLED if they can pull it off, or maybe it's the eight. I think the seven S is is uh, rumored to be. Next year, going to use OLED. Less power. It uses less power. It's more vibrant. There's other things. But um, the P3 display. So let's talk about that very briefly. We'll get into Mac OS in a second here. but um, and, and we'll talk about photos maybe later if we have time on this uh, episode, if not next week, uh, with the iPhone 7 Plus. But this is the thing. So the new 7, the 7, the 7 Plus, and the 9.7-inch iPad Pro all support this P3 color space. It's a wide color oh, the gamut. the Pro has it too? Wow. The Pro has it too. It has true tone and it has the color space. So there's a great thing. I have this, I'll have this link. They didn't make a big deal of it when the Pro came out. They talked well, about true nothing, tone a lot, but they didn't. Nothing could shoot P3 except the 9.7 inch Pro. Huh. So you couldn't actually take pictures with almost any device. Like you could take raw photos on a, you could take raw photos on a DLSR or some other cameras and then process them and save them in a P3 color space and then open them on a 9.7-inch iPad Pro. <laughs> right. Or you could take pictures on that device, the 9.7-inch, I, I hate having to say that, the small iPad Pro. Little Pro is what I call it. It will take photos and let you keep them in P3 space. But I don't know if you could do it. Ah, I'm trying to remember if you could do that with JPEG or if you had to save as RAW. So there's this whole workflow that wasn't there. So now that RAW photo mode is supported in iOS 10 for the iPhone 6S, 6S Plus, 7, 7 Plus, iPad Pro, uh, and a few other devices. I'm forgetting which. is only the only ones with 12 megapixel cameras, the only ones that support RAW shooting. Um and then a subset, the 7, 7 Plus, and small iPad Pro support shooting in P3 and displaying in P3. So P3 has a, a better range of Tim Cook University-approved oranges. Do you remember that at the iMac announcement? <laughs> yes. What is his uh, – I don't know what the team – Auburn? No. What's his uh, – What's his uh, I team? thought it was go big Auburn something go congrats. It's either go. Bama or Auburn. I thought it was Bama, Auburn. It's Bama, Alabama. So his team has an orange logo. Was not representable in the normal sRGB color space that's standard across most monitors and devices and mobile systems. Yeah, he went to Auburn. Sorry, could not show Auburn's colors. P three, you can show Auburn's colors correctly. Booyah! Oh, so that's um, awesome. That's one advantage, but it has a greater uh, range of intense reds and, and oranges, and also green. So it's P three is for cinematic digital display. When you go to a movie theater, they're uh, projecting in P3, you're shooting in P3. This is uh, moves you away from the pre-press and pre-print world in which sRGB and Adobe RGB were the same. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's so you look at the 7 Plus, not only does it have a brighter screen and it's a more color accurate screen, it's better color managed even without True Tone, which isn't in the phones yet, but because it has this more vibrant display, everything looks better. So it's really, you can put them side by side. I've been looking at images side by side. I'm having a hard time finding images that show it, but you look at it in isolation and it is a, um, it's a better display. So we'll yeah, talk. You kind of have that. to see it in person is the problem. Yeah, like you can't, yeah, can't like just post about... some pictures and expect that everyone's going to be able to tell because Dude, by the time hurts. the pictures are put on the internet and then <laughs> yeah, shown like you know, on whatever. I was looking on my monitor. I have a, I got yeah. a 4K monitor because I needed a 4K for testing. I don't really need a 4K, but I, don't I got think one. I have any monitors that I, would show that right now. I got now. a 4K, uh, a pretty cheap but good, well-reviewed 4K, so I could do te I'm testing docs and other stuff, and I need to be able to test that 4K works over display port. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I know I'm excusing myself. I don't like to buy hardware unnecessarily. It sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, and so You're I'm like, oh. You're a big, bad journalist. You need some hardware. I've got like seven phones within reaching distance yeah. right now. It's terrifying. Um, so <laughs> I get the 4K, and the other day I'm like, oh, I should look at these P3 images. And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, wait a minute. This monitor isn't P3. And I look it up, and it's an sRGB monitor like most monitors. So New I don't York have a City. P3 monitor, which are much more expensive. So I, if I really wanted to be in this whole space and doing like photo editing and production, I would need to get a 4K. I think you're going to need to buy a 4K P3. monitor. Yeah, exactly. It was probably like a thousand bucks instead of like, a, I don't want to spend this 350. Okay, Mac OS, folks. Sorry. Took us a long Speaking We'd, of monitors. We know you all care about your phones, but let's talk about the Mac. Mac let's has talk been about a little. the big phone that lives on your table. It's like a big phone with a keyboard. Physical keyboards. Why can't I type on the screen on my Mac? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I was showing a coworker of mine who I won't out as uh, you know, right here. Uh-oh. But I was showing him something on my <laughs> Mac and he kept reaching up and pressing touching my display and trying to scroll oh a web page by like just gently brushing my display and I was like stop doing that oh my gosh <laughs> that's hilarious so annoying so Mac OS Sierra this is the there's a uh, uh, Mac has gotten not enough attention lately is um, is pretty you know uh, <laughs> your old Macs will feel slightly less old with yeah, Mac OS Sierra <laughs> well, we, you know we've been talking for weeks we've been monitoring the rumors we're looking at reports coming out from Asia and from some of the reliable sources who have good, uh, you know, we don't have moles. This is something we should tell. You know, we don't have moles inside call of us Apple. Moles, if you're out there, I, I don't know if you have sources in Apple. I don't have sources in Apple. I know, I know, like two dozen, three dozen people who work there who I'm varying degrees of friendly with. Some are friends, and so we keep arms length about work stuff. Others are contacts, you know, that I've interacted with over the years on a professional basis. Um, I don't get leaks from Apple, and I'm always stunned when people do because the people I know are so good about compartmentalizing and not screwing up, right? So anyway, information does get out, especially from manufacturing partners in China and elsewhere. Um, so we've been watching this, and we've been waiting to see what's going to happen with new Macs. The Mac Pro is way out of date. Everything's out of date except for the uh, t- the uh, 12-inch MacBook and I think they refreshed the MacBook Air. At least some specs were refreshed, but we're waiting. And so macOS Sierra is coming out without a machine that really feels worthy of running it. Don't you think? There's no flagship machine. Like, MacBook and Air here's the new 57-inch iMac. It's like, nope. Hey, we've got a new operating system and just run it on your old crap. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's so rude, but it's true. It's like usually they try to do something so people are excited about the hardware no, getting the, a new operating system update. And this time it's like, blah, you know. The phone that I just got has a faster clock speed and better Geekbench performance than the MacBook Air that I have. And I would love to buy a MacBook Air, but it's like the best it's gotten is a you know processor bump in March of 2015. So oh it's been gosh. 561 days and counting. And then the MacBook Pros, yeah. Jeez. The last uh, the MacBook um, Pros 2012. The last, right? 2012. Well, no, it was 2015. But um, Wait, the, the Mac. Oh, I'm sorry, the Mac Pro. I'm. You said MacBook Pro. I beg yeah. your pardon. I meant oh, Mac Pro. The Mac Pro is, is, is a 2013 December. It got oh, a December. Uh, the I'm Ivy sorry. Bridge Xeon processor. Right. Um. So that's been a thousand days. One thousand and six days. A thousand days. Yeah. Um. The MacBook Pro. It sounds like it's up next, according to the rumors. Um. And probably the maybe the MacBook Air too. This is coming from uh, good old Mark Gurman over there at Bloomberg. Good old Mark Herman. So, but he's, you know, you said October. That's coming up fast. So hopefully within the next couple podcasts, we won't have this to complain about anymore. We'll complain about something else. Oh, you won't have the Macintosh to kick around anymore. Well, then that's we'll my, complain that's... about whether or not it had. Did you hear that they were, they sent out surveys asking MacBook Pro owners, like, that look, how do hilarious. you move pictures to it? SD card slot? Wirelessly, USB I, ports. Do you use the headphone jack on your MacBook Air listen, or your MacBook Pro? And then the the things were yes, no, not sure. Like the, I don't know. Do I use the headphone jack? Apple I can't doing remember. Focus groups and surveys. What is the world? Scary. Their cats are living with. I'm sorry, cat dogs are living with mass with, hysteria uh, with yes. uh, dog cows. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. That's well, another title. Cat so dogs your crappy old hardware cows. can run this great new. I'm sorry. No, I you know I've got a Mac Mini that's. Uh, I can't remember last time they refreshed it, but I got a couple year old Mac Mini now. I can tell or, you, you know, a couple years. Here. I got a 2015 Mac. 705 days, October oh 2014. Well, I, so I got one of those. That I 18, years. 18 months ago, and I stuck uh, 16 gigs of RAM in it. I have a MacBook. I mean, so I've got low-end Macs. That's a, that, the Mac Mini As is a, well. Sorry. Yeah, the Mac <laughs> Mini is a low-end machine. I got the 2015 MacBook, the original, and I'm actually relatively happy with performance because I'm not doing high-end graphical intensive stuff, although I do use Adobe InDesign and I do audio editing. And they, you know, audio editing is tough. It keeps up, but barely. Uh, InDesign has no real display problems. So I'm because it uses it can use the integrated GPU to accelerate things. So I'm I should be more unhappy than I am. And I don't want to defend the schedule, but it's still, I think uh we gotta see some new Macs. Because they make up buttload of money off them. They have high margins. People are still buying them. They need to, you know, put some love there. And hopefully will. So Mac OS Sierra. So here's the new operating system for your existing hardware if 
you're running a computer that is from around 2009, 2010, varies by model. So check the system requirements if you're on the low end of that, you know. And Susie, how much RAM should people have? What's your recommendation? Do you have a feel? Well, um, I used to say that you should just max it out when you buy it because that way the computer will last longer before you're going to want to throw it into a quarry. Yes. And now that the... Uh, upgrade cycle is bordering on ridiculous. I'm going to double down on that just on that advice and just say that when you buy a Mac, you should just. I know it's expensive, and you know you, you're clicking those options and you're watching the price just shoot ever higher. But it's so important to get all the RAM that they're that they, they can give you. Well, and especially I think RAM is more important than clock speed, don't you? Can you upgrade RAM in any Mac no. now? Yeah, no maybe more. The, I think maybe the big iMac, or you could for a while with the with the 27 inch iMac, still had the little trap door. But I think they might have even gotten rid of that. I'm trying to remember if I wound up buying a more expensive Mac Mini than I wanted because it had 16 gigs and there was no other way to get it, and I didn't couldn't upgrade it later. So I that's why I got 16 gigs. Um, so yeah, and I think that's true. If you can, have, I mean, eight gigs would be minimum. If you can get a Mac with 16 gigs, fantastic. But you know, my Mac, uh, the Mac Book has what eight gigs or four? It is eight gigs. Uh, and it works, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Especially uh, Mavericks, I think, made a big difference for older Macs because of RAM compression. And uh, that helped me with an old MacBook Air. And that's still, uh, you know, continued through Yosemite, El Capitan, and um, and the new Sierra will all do RAM compression. So that, if you're holding out, uh, it can actually make an old computer. I, this is what I found with my MacBook Air before Mavericks. I almost got rid of it. Because it was too slow, it only had four gigs of RAM, installed Mavericks, and it was like having a new computer. And I used it for another, I can't remember, a couple of years until 2015 uh, because the RAM compression actually did the job it was supposed to um, and gave me the feeling of having uh, enough more active memory. I mean, I have a 2013 MacBook Air, and it has 8 gigs of RAM and a 1.7 gigahertz core i7, mm-hmm. and it does pretty well. Like, you know, I'd like to buy a new one because I just would, but it's like the fan comes on a lot. Um, but other than that, it, you know, it, it, it chugs along. I'm not using okay. it for any serious editing. I mostly type words in the boxes. I have to resize some photos, but, you know, it's not, it's, I'm, I'm a pretty light user, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So, but they should still they need to upgrade. Did you hear that about um, Tim Cook was like visiting the Wall Street Journal's offices for oh, some yeah, reason? Said, you and you walked through Max. the newsrooms like, you guys should get Macs. Yeah, and then like, all the wise. Your, <laughs> you should upgrade your computers. Maybe we'll buy some. All the Weisenheimers um, on Twitter are like, what Macs, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Mac OS Sierra. We're de- we, we are self-derailing. Mac OS Sierra. Oh, new operating wow. System. Yeah, we're only half an hour in. Let's Mac talk OS about Sierra. Sierra. Tell us about So what is for you the flagship feature in that or, – or is there a flagship feature um, in Sierra? Maybe you know, not, I've been right? running the beta and I've been mostly focused on iOS 10 and writing about that stuff because our crack reviews editor, Roman Loyola, who we should have had on the podcast today, Don't. is uh, doing Sierra. He wrote the review. He's it's trying to get the review now. up right now as we write this. Yeah, no, it's done. <laughs> Ready this. to go. He's on oh, it. I'm sorry. Um, He's great. Roman's great. So, you know what's going to be big for me is picture in picture because I like to watch TV. Um, Roman used it during the uh, iPhone events. So he was doing picture in picture for, so I guess, I mean, he's watching that in Safari. So that's pretty cool that you can picture in picture a video from Safari. And then um, he was able to work and that stays floating. It stays locked to a corner of your screen. You can move it between the corners. I don't think you can put it anywhere. Um, And then uh, you'll you're able to keep that floating, so so it's not going to get covered up by. I mean, he was going back and forth between text wrangler and RCMS and Photoshop and you know everything, and he was still able to to watch the video, and it was just it, it never got covered up or disappeared. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then the other awesome thing is Apple Pay and Safari because I love to shop online. Um, and that'll be nice. I really like using Apple Pay and apps on my iPhone. So the more places you can put it, the better. And I think that might um, even end up pushing adoption in the retail space if some companies kind of come to it um, through you know their online stores and then go, wow, this is nice. And maybe they'll bring it into their brick and mortar stores too and we'll be able to use it more places. Well- Unexpected consequence. We were talking about this before the podcast. I didn't think about the fact that Apple Pay and Safari is only for physical goods, ostensibly. 
So you can't buy digital goods, maybe? I'm I'm not entirely clear. So I have an account at Squarespace, and I just uh, plug, I just self-published the latest edition of Networking, Privacy, mm-hmm. and Security for iOS 10. It's the ins and outs of setting up networks and setting your privacy settings and using VPNs and using AirDrop and AirPlay and all that. It's a great book. I think, because I wrote it, I think it's great. Um, you can go to, uh, uh, you can go to, Find me somewhere anyway. You guys, that's a good point. Search, search on my. It's on my website, glog, g l o g dot glen f g l e n n f dot com. You can find a link to Practical Guides, which is my own little series. And um, anyway, so I'm trying. I put this up on Squarespace because they have an e. I also sell it through the Take Control Books, the Apple Bookstore, and other places. But I, you know, if I sell it myself, I get most of the money. Right? It's a great way to to publish. And Squarespace has a whole e-commerce engine, and you can. Use it to manage physical goods. Uh, you can sell services and you can sell digital goods. So this is a digital good. You cl- you upload the file, you do the whole thing, and then someone buys it, they get a link. It's really lovely as a tiny business person. I can sell this book and I have no overhead in terms of managing cash flow and like it integrates with Stripe for taking credit cards. The whole thing is great. But they have this thing like, hey, we're supporting – uh, as a lot like Shopify and all these other companies are going to also, we're supporting uh, Apple Pay and Safari. And in fact, it's already enabled for iOS. So you can flip a switch and have it work if you want and whatever. So I flip it. I go to my iPhone running iOS 10 and I'm like, I don't see the Apple Pay option. Hmm, I must have done something wrong. I go back and read it. It says, oh, if you select digital goods, you can't use Apple Pay uh, in Safari. Not so if yet. you sold like a T-shirt that had your book printed on it in very tiny type. That or would be a I way around a, that. A print edition of my book, right? Exactly. If I, I sold, guess you could also print it on paper. I know it's, great, I know it's a weird <laughs> idea. I, I like the T-shirt with all the Come text on, on it. Glenn. Though. Innovate, innovate. But so I hadn't thought about this, and I can't find a clarification anywhere. So I don't know if you're, if you're, a, let's say you're a, um, I don't know. Well, let's let's take an example. You're Indiegogo. That's one of the places on the list of people supporting Apple Pay and Safari. So I go to Indiegogo, and the reward is an ebook download. And another reward is a T-shirt, but I can ostensibly pay with Apple Pay for either of those things, right? Because I'm paying, I'm pledging to Indiegogo. But yeah, I go to I go to a site selling a book that's an ebook and not a print book, and ostensibly yeah, I'm surprised I can't to see pay Indiegogo for that. on this list. What's that? I'm surprised to see Indiegogo on this list. Oh, well, Maybe it's just for like hardware pre-orders or something. I because don't like know. I think I don't of that know. as like. Usually if I'm giving to someone on Indiegogo, it's like someone who's like raising money because they're sick or something. Well, that's – oh, GoFundMe is that though really. Indiegogo is – People have done Indiegogo. Well, no, you're right. Indiegogo is supposed to be crowdfunding. It's like you know an alternative to Kickstarter, but they don't vet in the same way. Yeah. And uh, GoFundMe, I'd be surprised. But so I don't know. I mean so the other ones – you know, you've got a list here. Uh, Lululemon, Warby Parker. That one makes sense. Yeah, I see. uh, Warby Parker, that's glasses. Spring is clothes. Lululemon is yoga wear. Yoga wear. It's terrible. Um, Don't ever buy Lululemon. Oh, there's actually, and by the way, there's an option, and I haven't checked this in macOS Sierra yet. In iOS 10, you can disable whether you expose that you accept Apple Pay on your phone, which is a fascinating little privacy thing. In Safari settings in iOS, you can turn that off. So that's because it leaks a little information about you. When you go to a site, it can detect on your phone whether you can accept Apple Pay, so it knows you're using an iPhone. Now, sensibly, some of this happens in a way. It should show you higher prices. It should well, be like, hey, Richard. It's a signal. <laughs> exactly. Buy a it's, t-shirt? <laughs> it's a signal. So, ostensibly, Apple is letting you, for privacy reasons, disable showing that you accept Apple Pay, and then an Apple Pay button won't be presented. Um, the implementations I've seen, it's really like a little JavaScripty thing. So, the checkout cart, like most sites that use, say, Stripe, or they use um, any of a bunch of major integrators that are used to, you know, put the credit card payment in, there's a lot of that is just is implemented on the back end. And so the the website, like Warby Parker, has like five lines of code that brings in the payment part. They have, you know, 100,000 lines of code on their shopping baskets and whatever. But the payment part, they effectively, like I've um, done programming against uh, Stripe's API. And often, you know, some for more complicated things, I had to do a bunch of coding, but things like put a ad, to, you know, put an item on the page for someone to pay is often like a few lines of code at yeah. most. And so adding Apple Pay is nothing. You don't literally don't do anything else. It just presents an Apple Pay button alongside a pay with credit card button. And that's it. Or you, when I see that Apple Pay, you know, option in an app, like I use it every time. I never use a credit card. But if yeah, I could yeah. use Apple Pay, it's good. It's good. And so I think. Well, the question will be. So what the thing to, that we'll find out is, 
if people are selling digital apps uh, or digital products outside of conventional things, like so Squarespace is clearly not um, allowing that. And uh, the um, uh, so I don't know how strictly Apple's going to enforce it or how they're going to enforce it or whatever. So we'll we'll see. But for physical goods, you're trying to buy a thing. This way, the whole transaction takes place outside of the website's involvement. So you tap Apple Pay. It sends a signal to its processor. Its processor sends a signal to Apple, goes to your phone, uh, uses uh, continuity. So you have to be near. Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't mention that. Yeah. yeah you need to have a phone or a watch. Phone or a watch. And you have to have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi turned on is my understanding. Maybe just Wi-Fi. I've forgotten. But it's a, it's a continuity feature. I think feature. Apple says both. Is it both? Yeah, because continuity is proximity plus networking. Mm-hmm. So Bluetooth helps it with proximity. So it knows you're not, Everything's you know, got to be signed in an iCloud, you know why close they the, enough yeah. to each other, and the, then Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on. And it the should prox- just then, then it should just be uh-huh. seamless. Yeah, so, and it but, is pretty seamless. And you have all that stuff on anyway. Like, right. I mean, the, the days are kind of gone of like, oh, I better turn Bluetooth off if I'm not, you know, physically using a headset. Like, right, because all the handle, I mean, handoff and continuity features, well, continuity requires Bluetooth for almost everything. A lot Bluetooth of things. Bluetooth doesn't use as much power as it used to. So yeah, but just, I just love, the, so yeah, you'll click, you'll click uh, Apple Pay on a website on your desktop or in a browser and you'll get an Apple Pay transaction up on your phone. You'll fingerprint, approve it, and boom. And the website never gets your credit card number. Continuity which, is getting kind of neat. Like um, I was watching TV. Has your TV updated to TVOS 10 yet? Uh, yes, I did that. The, I think so. I did that the other day. When I was it, uh, watching shipped. that and I had my phone, my new phone, just sitting on the couch next to me and I was holding the Siri remote and I got to like a search thing and instead of using the voice dictation, I just, you know, popped down to enter because you only need to enter like a couple of letters before your thing comes up with the autocomplete. So I was just going to go ahead and enter a few letters, you know, the old-fashioned way. And then my phone's, like, buzzing next to me, and I look down, and it's, like, a a high-tech, like, iOS 10 notification that says, like, press this notification. And I I deep-pressed it on my 3D touch screen, and it just popped up a little keyboard saying, go ahead and use me to enter your text. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I didn't – I hadn't – I have um, the remote app on that phone, but it wasn't. I hadn't even launched it yet. I hadn't paired that Apple TV to it yet, so it wasn't the remote app doing this. It was like pure continuity built into iOS 10. So there's some cool stuff it's doing. I don't know. I was a little, like, you know, it was one of those neat moments. I like that when everything. I mean, they've got four operating systems, and if they all talk to each other successfully, then you have this wonderful seamless ecosystem, and everything buoys everything else. And you know, uh, you know, they get to sell more products, but your you life get rewarded becomes, for being. Yeah. Like an all Apple all the time yeah. person, which you should be. Like you know, you pay dearly for the privilege, but Speaking it is which, really neat. Yeah. Watch unlock is a feature in yeah. Safari or uh, sorry Sierra. So I haven't tried that yet. I don't have a watch, so I assume it'll work. Um, people like it. I mean, it's again, I like this proximity thing is kind of critical. Like the reason to use Bluetooth is Bluetooth is typically shorter range, and there are ways that people can hack Bluetooth with long range antennas. But if you're inside a house or inside an office building. Um, you know, being on Wi-Fi plus Bluetooth plus other signals lets continuity make sure someone's not hijacking or tapping into what you're doing. And, you know, also they have to have your iCloud. You have to be logged into an iCloud account. Like there are all these barriers. But well, once- using your watch is really cool because yeah. it, the watch, it's like if it's not – if it breaks connection with your arm – it's logged out and it has to be logged in. So it has to be like strapped to your arm and it hasn't left like your arm since you, I mean, I guess you could strap it to someone else, log it in as them. And then it would think that was you because it was like on a person and logged in. Yeah. But but that's a little, what if I cut cut your arm off and I carry your arm with the watch on? Will that work? I think maybe if my arm, like after you know all the blood came out, like uh, the watch might lose connection. Capac- I don't know. Yeah, no more capacitance. Maybe yeah, maybe when it stopped or detecting bear. my heartbeat. We're so gruesome in that arm. Um, also, Only one way to find so out. <laughs> another, another feature that's going to work across uh, operating systems: photos. We talked about quite a bit uh, last week with iOS 10. Photos has the new object and. Uh, facial recognition, but it doesn't sync any of that. So again, every device in which you're running is going to, when it's plugged in and it has enough charge, like you have to have some minimum amount of charge left because the device basically won't charge while it's doing the facial recognition and object recognition processing. So as of now, from what I can tell, every single device that you're using iCloud Photo Library with that's synced across that or you have any substantial numbers of photos in an independent library will separately do that very, very processor-intensive recognition. 
Um, but I think this is a hidden feature because I've seen people who are not Mac heads or uh, Apple heads go, oh my gosh, I got the new photos thing installed. And then I typed something into the search box and I got great results. <laughs> and they're like, what's this about? I'm like, oh my goodness, I forget. Because Apple uh, Photos has had such terrible search for so long. It's been left behind by all the cloud-based uh, products. And now you type in mountain or tree. I mean, have you tried that? It's so much fun. I have 45,000 photos in my iCloud library. So I can type in something weird like, you know, fish. And I get like all the fish pictures I've ever taken in my life. You know, the last time I tried that was uh, the other night when I was writing about maps for iOS 10. And I had my fingers crossed that if I typed in map, it would pull up all the screenshots screenshots I had taken from maps and it didn't. So it might, oh. it might, it might just um, exclude screenshots, which normally you would want to do because back in the iPhoto days, I have a really funny screenshot of um, when you were doing the thing where you would like label your faces, like, you know, the old facial recognition where they threw away all that data to do the new facial recognition. But back then they, they would ask you to label people and it would, it kept finding people in screenshots I had taken, like from video games and stuff. Cause I take a lot of screenshots cause I do this for living um and it, it showed me uh, it was showing me pictures it thought were my aunt joanne who's like a really nice like septuagenarian italian lady and then it was like is this aunt joanne is this aunt joanne is this aunt joanne and it had a screenshot of a picture of barack obama <laughs> and i was like uh no that's not aunt joanne it was really funny that's but, good um, i just tried maps on my collection and it doesn't show you're right it excludes screen captures so i have plenty so that's of that's actually good and, it, and it screenshots yeah go into their own little folder in photos so I just opened up that folder and scrolled through and found them manually and that was fine but yeah I need to do more searching of just my photos well I, I've told this story before but uh, I was visiting the Macworld offices years ago uh, when Ren Caldwell worked there uh, I was sitting with uh, uh, Ren and Jason and some other folks were doing a podcast uh, at night after a Macworld uh, co- uh, expo uh, day and um, it was at Ren's cubicle and apparently I took a photo of her. She had her face covered, but there was a tiny image of her of her on screen, like like postage stamp size, that was a small part of this photo. Well, years later, I upload my photos to Google Photos and I'm it's doing facial recognition. Of course, even identified people by name because some things were tagged. And I see Ren's face show up and I click and one of the photos, I'm like, she's not in this photo. You can't see her face. And I'm like, it's this like 10 by 10 pixel yeah. image of her on her screen in black and white behind her in a photo, you know, that's 2000 pixel square or something. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the future. Every single face in every photo, every piece of writing in any image will be OCR'd, every face will be recognized, every piece of audio will be digitized That's and really turned into creepy. words. That's the future. Yeah. That is the future. <laughs> um, sorry. So let's get back off dystopia. But um, Siri is uh, – so OS, Mac OS Sierra, first version to include Siri. There have been dictation features before and sort of simple functions, uh, but this is full-on Siri. And I was messing with it a little bit. I didn't. I actually didn't test it in earlier versions. Uh, I was messing a little yesterday and it's kind of cool. Like you can say, you know, show me pictures of frogs and it does like a frog search and shows you a bunch of previews and it has a lot. It's Bing, right? It's searching Bing. Yeah. Which is, Bing is actually really good for images. I will go to Bing for images because Google search, uh, image search results are, are, I think, more poorly organized and I often can't find what I'm looking for. uh, And Bing is uh, better on images. Yeah, that's cool. Specialty. Um, so, yeah, you can do all kinds of things. They have a list on their site. You know, play the top jazz songs. What's the leather in like Tahoe? Add someone to a meeting. How do you spell broccoli? How do you spell Barack Obama? Um, oh, spelling. That would be spelling. handy. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't really figured out like how to get it into my workflow yet. Roman in his review says that he is um, doing uh, – always pulling files together and performing like web research. So he was, um, yeah, searching for images mm-hmm. and also searching for files on his Mac. And then he liked how you could drag things out of there. Oh yeah. So it's like, like a on iOS, panel. we're used to like, all you can really do is tap things to open them. But this time these are, they, it's just a, a, a list of results, but they show like, even when it's looking for files, it'll show like, you know, a little file next to it. And that's kind of your visual clue that you can drag these things right onto your desktop. Yeah. You get so, a whole uh, Siri panel as opposed to like a little pop-up thing is like a yes. panel of results, like the notifications panel. And you can save a search. So if it's the same thing you do a lot, 
there's a little plus sign that p- p- comes up um, in the like little card thing that they show you with your results. There's a plus sign icon in the top right, and if you tap, if you if you click that, it'll save it to your you know today widgets. So it's like you remember when you could do a dashboard widget that was a little live look at a web page. It's kind of oh, yeah. like that again, like for 2016. <laughs> like you do a little series search and you and you can save that. So if you search for you know the weather at a very specific place or you search for last night's you know my favorite sports team score like you can kind of save those as little live widgets that'll be there so that's neat. i think that's cool i so i think i mean the evolving you can't do thing that on be, ios so that's yeah, kind of nice yeah the evolving thing is going to be uh how many people are in a place where you can use siri i know i'm self-conscious about we have an open office so i don't like want to talk to my computer and like other people do, you know, the, the PC world kids are using Cortana and everyone's talking to their phones sometimes, but I just feel sheepish. <laughs> I want to like, feel... I want to like pick up my computer and go into a little dark room and then sit and talk to it. But that, those are my hangups. Don't be like me. So it's for the home worker, but I mean, even like a family machine, unless you're like in a bedroom or, you know, in a den or something like if you're in a family room which is where a lot of people's home computer you know family computers are located in a family place uh maybe i'm old-fashioned we we don't do we don't have computers in kids bedrooms we don't plan to we're going to have all of our computers um that the kids will use will be in a place where we can look at them and look over their shoulder because it is the future that's probably wise yeah so the advice i got from a lot of people who seem to know what they're talking about in terms of that's the policy else. from the get-go. That's you know, yeah. that's better than being like, well, you had it, and now we're taking it away because we think that was the wrong Look, choice. But it feels like a punishment. But anyway, parenting. What I, what I tell them is, it's not you; it's the internet. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not them. It's I, the internet. I can trust you to um, Universal clipboard. I mean, so there's a bunch of other little things. Universal right? Uni- clipboard sounds clipboard. little, but it's so big. Oh my gosh! Between yes. Uh, PasteBot was the big thing that I used before, and I haven't used it in a while because I just I haven't found the need as much. But I you knew that Apple was going to build it in well, any day I, now. <laughs> there was a time which I felt like I don't do the same thing. Well, there's two things. One is continuity. I was doing some pages work recently, and I was testing the emoji that were available in iOS 10, and so I was using continuity to uh, bring iPages files, or not iPages, pages files back and forth, but I rarely need to send like the contents of a clipboard. If I have a URL, uh, you know, I'm looking at in Safari, continuity lets me open it on my Mac and vice versa. So I don't have to to send a URL. I can always airdrop a URL. You know, you can airdrop folks. Did you know you can use airdrop if it ever works on your devices to send a URL from one machine to another, you can share a page and it'll open up on the other device. Uh, So, but universal clipboard, I think is going to be something that you casually realize how useful it is because suddenly you're using it. Kind of like AirDrop. <laughs> if AirDrop works. Yeah. It'll be better. I, AirDrop, I love. AirDrop it's works more really well for, for me. me. It's yeah. gotten better. It has gotten better. It used to, I mean, there was a point at which it seemed ridiculous, then it was laughable, then it was okay, and now it, it's mostly workable for me. No, now it's gotten good. So up until very recently, I think pre-Sierra, um, if I was... If I'm at home and I'm working, I'm uh, usually connected to our work um, network with a VPN. And then my iPhone has no reason to be on the VPN, but they're on the same Wi-Fi network, but, you know, Mac's on a VPN. They couldn't see each other with AirDrop. I'd have to disable the VPN on the Mac, send the screenshots that I needed from my iPhone over to my Mac, and then turn the VPN back on. Now I don't, it doesn't matter. The Mac can be on a VPN but they still can see each other like the Bluetooth oh. and like the, the being on the same, you know, underlying oh, network. I don't know, whatever that's good. That's it good. works now. That. And I'm so thankful because that was a pain point. That is uh, kind of slick. Um, yeah. So it's getting better. I like, if you haven't tried airdrop in a while, try it again, but maybe you won't need it as much anymore because of universal clipboard. Because um, when I think of cutting and pasting, I think of, you know, just little strings of text, but you can cut and paste like, images and stuff you know, and that universal, all works universal clipboard was my favorite Dolph Lundgren movie <laughs> it would That's be a, a good name cut, for a band deep cut for those who remember uh, we yes. are universal clipboard universal clipboard <laughs> was it Arnold Schwarzenegger I can't remember who the other person was I don't know um Universal Clipboard. Optimized storage with iCloud is going to be is the most controversial new That's feature. That's a less cool name for a band. That's going to be optimized storage. Um, is, it's not 
So lots of different feelings about it. I don't. I forget. We don't have I a story. I was excited about it when they when they announced it, and then later when Roman wrote about like how it works and how to use it, I was like, oh, never mind, <laughs> because I I already fear like iCloud, you know, blank drive, iCloud Music Drive, iCloud Photo Drive. It's just I'm not I'm not in a comfortable place with those yet, and and this is iCloud like all your files drive. <laughs> Like, and, trust us that yeah. we're going to dump files. Well, it's because it's so – just to remind people, if you haven't heard about this feature, you've talked about it before, it's uh, – a Mac OS Sierra will intelligently figure out when you are running out of storage on your Macintosh, which files you need least, and it will move them, copy them to iCloud Drive, and then delete them from your hard drive. That surely – doesn't sound like a problem at all, does it? I can't imagine. But they'll still, you know, they'll still come up in search. Like know, it, it should know. seem kind of, you know, no big deal. You just put them instead of putting these files in a closet, you moved them to offsite storage. Yes, run by Apple without any <laughs> way to do external backup. And I'm already nervous about how they run services. And you're definitely going to be buying iCloud storage at this point. And so far, I've held out on buying iCloud storage. Well, I'm using Google Photos yeah. free storage for all my photos. And I'm I'm st- I'm paying still for Dropbox. So at this point, if I was gonna go to iCloud, I would have to um, decommission my my paid Dropbox and then move all that stuff into the iCloud. And I'm just <sighs> I'm not ready. I'm well, not there yet. The optimized storage is like infinite quiet storage, and you also obviously have to be paying Sounds for. Sounds great yeah, if it works bit, really I mean, well. Th- this is the thing: the uh, iFi E Y E F I card. Uh, it was digital uh, storage uh, uh, SD card slot. A uh, card, sorry, SD card. You could get for cameras that had Wi-Fi and like a tiny computer built in, and it worked with any camera. They're still selling them. They have newer models. Um, uh, you put it into any camera, and it doesn't even have to talk to the camera, and it could transmit images that you were taking over a Wi-Fi network. Very cool idea. Eventually, camera makers uh, integrated a little support for it. But the cool thing it had was it had this feature that was called, I think, infinite storage. And so as you're shooting on what were typically, you know, 8 gig or 16 gig memory cards, you'd be running out of space. If you're on a Wi-Fi network, it could offload photos as, it, as the camera, as the card filled up, and it would validate that it had transferred them through its storage, and then it could sync it automatically to one of your computers somewhere else. And once it had validated it, it would delete it off the card. So effectively, if you were out on your Wi-Fi uh, networks, you could be shooting without ever managing the card. So that makes sense. But, you know, for a professional photographer, they wouldn't do it because it'd be like, I can't, you know, it's unreliable to me that the photo is now deleted. Like, I don't want to rely on somebody else. I have a little bit of the same feeling here uh, where, you know, A, it's going to delete files off your computer after it's stored them elsewhere. And B, it's managing the process. So I don't think there's a way to say, you know, this hundred megabyte uh, PowerPoint file or database, I always need it available, even if I'm not touching it for, you know, six months. If you can't mark files as don't put into uh, optimized storage, then uh, maybe if you don't store them in the documents folder, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to, if it only uses the uh, home folder, uh, the like movies, documents and so forth items. But anyway, I think it's uh, I think it's fraught. So I don't recommend it until we know more about how it's used. Some people will prefer it because they've got like a 256 gigabyte uh, Mac and they're taking tons of photos or videos and they're running out of storage and they're not using – but if you're using iCloud Photo Library, ostensibly you can switch to optimized storage and let iCloud Photo Library handle your images and not let your fi- – anyway, it's like a little complicated set of choices is my feeling. Uh, iCloud Drive – it's more like Dropbox now. It is. That's the, big, that's the one of the big changes too, which is interesting because I kind of felt like it was before. What's the difference between uh, – I honestly didn't track this difference in iCloud Drive. What's new? It's going to auto-sync your desktop and documents folders. Oh, that's right. So it's not just uh, a drive that's available, but it's going to be uh, – right, right. So you have that everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I, I use my desktop for very temporary things, so I'm fine with it syncing that. Um, I wouldn't really want to sync everything in my documents folder. That's a lot of stuff. And I already kind of use Dropbox to sync that. Um, and again, it's going to use your iCloud storage. But, you know, it's uh, syncing, the de- it's syncing is really nice um, un- un- unless you kind of forget that it's syncing and you think that it's moving. So just remember that if it's syncing, if you delete something on your desktop one place, is I think it's going to delete from a desktop somewhere else. 
Interesting. That's dangerous. Going to sink all your trash. Too? Wait. So if you delete, <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, so the most common single question I get to the Mac nine one one email address is, I either either I deleted an item from my icon photo library and now I can't find it anywhere in any of my machines. Uh oh, because it deletes it from everywhere and it warns you, but that's still confusing because you don't think when you delete something on one machine, it's deleting it everywhere, or if I delete this, how do I keep it on other machines, which you can't because you're using iCloud Photo Library? So this sounds like a similar thing. Like you delete it from the desktop. Is it going to say, hey, you're not deleting it on just this desktop. You're deleting it from iCloud Drive and every other desktop to which this is synced. So that's that'll be fascinating. So we'll see how that works out too. So what's the last thing? Oh, the last thing I want to talk about about macOS is uh, before we say we recommend whether people install it or not is uh, Safari. We talked about this weeks or maybe months ago that uh, the Safari in macOS Sierra will not tell a web server what kinds of media Safari supports. So you can have all kinds of plugins installed like Horrible Flash and uh, Silverlight and other things. But when you go to a uh, website in Safari, it used to, like every other browser in the world, would say, hey, here are all the kinds of media I support. Send me something that's compatible with this. What's this whole move to get away from Flash and proprietary video players and other things? Safari now, and I think Chrome is about to or has already stopped doing it, and the other browsers will as well. Safari just says, hey, I support HTML5. Huh? And the website has to go, oh, okay, well, here's some HTML5 video or whatever. And even if it could serve in another format, it will no longer do so. So it's an effort to force uh, sites to deliver in the right format. If the site doesn't offer the format you want, i.e. HTML video, it'll uh, show whatever format's there and let you click to play. So if Safari, if you have Flash installed, or even if it's a QuickTime supported format or Silverlight or something else that requires a plugin and you have installed, the website will still feed that out and then you will have to click to um, to play it. So nothing's going to run by default except HTML video, which is inside its own set of localized protections. So I think that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. And in fact, I think it's Chrome. There's all kinds, by the way, just, you know, Flash, uh, you won't be able to download it soon, right? Like Flash is, you won't be able to go to a website and download full installers from scratch. You'll only be able to update your installation as of the end of the month, I think. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I went to the page because I had a problem. I got Flash, like it showed up, I ran the installer and then it kept showing up. It wouldn't run the installer some bug because it's Adobe and it's Flash and Flash sucks. Uh, and I go to the page to download the full installer and it's like, hey, as of September 29th, this page will be gone. I'm like, well, if your updater doesn't work and your installer isn't available, then I just delete don't it. Use Flash. Yeah, it's yeah, worth No, I deleted it and never are. looked back. And every once in a while, I find something I can't watch and I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to watch it that badly. <laughs> Yeah, I still have I still have issues with um, that I need Flash for. There's still stuff that runs in Flash, especially financial sites, is outdated things. But uh, Chrome is I think it's Chrome or is it Mozilla? I forget. One of the major browsers I'm blanking out is only going to support Flash content from uh, it'll only uh, allow it to play automatically from the ten most oh, yeah, traffic like sites. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, uh, it'll only allow it to load from some other set of sites. So essentially it's squeezing out sites that haven't updated. It won't run anymore. Um, but I think that's the end. So that's, that's kind of the rundown of Mac OS. We'll look forward to hearing uh, listeners, what you're working on with it, how you react. I'm sure I will start seeing Mac 911 questions. You can always send those to Mac 911 at macworld.com. I got a bursting uh, mailbox right now full, mostly as usual of photos questions. Yay! <laughs> Clearly yeah, photos works great. Roman did a great review, and he's got a, a, an FAQ as well. And then we've got a lot of deep dives into specific features. So if you want to know everything about optimized storage and um, you know uh, what what to ask Siri and just how how to use all the little nitty gritty things, um, those will be up at macworld.com. And let us know if there's something missing, and we'll write it up for you. What was the thing at uh, at the keynote in the seventh? It was like Siri. Sierra, what were the other, like four S names. I forgot what it was. It was hilarious. It was like, all right. I, Semaphore. Oh, what was the other? I can't remember. It was like, serious. It was just like four. I was like, is Apple like Siri, Siri, Sorry, Sir? It was like, all right. 
it's getting a little ridiculous. Sorry. Uh, so we didn't get to um, the iPhone stuff this week about the iPhone 7 Plus. I've got an article that will be up on Wednesday, probably by the time you listen to this, in which I do a deep dive into the iPhone 7 Plus's dual camera system and how – Spoilers, it doesn't always use the telephoto or 2X lens when you're shooting in 2X mode. It's kind of interesting. I'll so. have also have the review up tomorrow with the review video, and I'm not stressed about that at all. No, it's great. It's Everything is fine. It's fine. This is fine. <laughs> no uh, problem. So, yeah, my I think my headline is, uh, I don't know what it will wind up being. It was 1X plus 1X, not equal to 2X. That's um, not going to be the headline. <laughs> no, I know, I know. You'll come up with something that's better. Your headlines are so clever, and they're terrible for SEO. Yeah, I know, I know. I just think it's uh, that's I I understand. You and the, Dan Morin. I understand the the my my plight in life is that I'm I uh, Google Dan doesn't Morin like. Dan Morin writes very clever headlines because it's right. you know what it is. It's the magazine. Like I'm I'm from yeah, the yeah. magazine days too, and like clever the the more clever the better because it's a captive audience and no one searched for that. Well, the, the Economist doesn't care about SEO. So when I was writing for them heavily, uh, you know, I was writing a couple items a week, I had to come up with that. They just like puns. And so yeah. come up well, with things. And sometimes it hurts my heart to like replace one of your I clever know. puns with like something like uh, security in iOS 10 colon. No, no, but you let my, blah, my credit blah, blah. card one was like, you don't like you know, your credit card getting stolen? Make one up. That's a pretty good one, right? That's a. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I kept that, that one. one. Uh, yeah, I, I try to make a reference to a 1960s film called Blow Up in uh, my uh, headline for the iPhone 7 Plus thing. That's a little obscure, though. Vanessa Redgrave wow. was doing it, however. I'm glad you told me because yes, I would have missed it. That's what that was about. Don't worry. I, I always I count on you to, to make it work. Um, folks, thanks again for listening this week, and we will be back with vastly more news next week i'm sure as we all have dug into ios 10 and mac os sierra more we'll come and talk about uh, cameras and the like send us questions to podcast at macworld.com find us online at macworld.com and uh Susie, where can the fi- folks find you on twitter twitter it's sf like san francisco and then Suze s-o-o-z sf Suze. that's much better than how i usually say it which is ridiculous uh i'm at glenn f g-l-e-n-n-f like frank on the twitter and Susie, great to talk to you again yes as always thank you for joining me a pleasure and this was episode 526 for september 21st 2016 of the macworld podcast we'll be back next week and thank you for joining us bye bye everybody